1: What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up War presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, Renegade Express. whole bunch of questions about basketball. Basketball. We'll talk some football, too, is what we do here on Wake Up War champ Presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida, cptallybar.com. Did not make it out to trivia? All right, we'll make it out to bingo tonight, Thursday, at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Get yourself the finest foods in Tallahassee as well, with some of the great smiling faces and friendly folks that hangout at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. CPTallyBar.com is the website. You can always pull out your phone, hit up that QR code. takes you right there off at Palachi Parkway. It won't, won't take you directly to that place. You know, can't do that yet, Corey. Uh, right. Elon hasn't figured that out yet, but website, figured it all out, everybody. WarChant.com, Ultimate Symbol Sports Source. Thumbs up, five-star ratings and reviews. And how about a subscription to WarChant? twenty nine ninety nine? takes you from this very moment when you sign up all the way up until September 1st. Things getting exciting. Norvell out on the booster tour. Um, we don't. I don't even know if we have really an off season. Corey feels like we'll we'll be at uh, tour of duty here in a few weeks to check them working out. So hope you enjoyed the last. I don't know ten days. We'll be back at it, big dog.
0: Yeah, but the uh, in spring practice starts what March sixth. Wow. So three weeks. Right, Crazy. right around three weeks. We'll be uh, starting our uh, the uh, spring practice, man.
1: Um, so many people to thank. Lots of big fans uh, of the program out in Jacksonville. Uh, where's the list? Meta Shane. Uh, shout out to May as well. Billy, Brandon, Kevin. Our guy Will. Will's a f- friend of uh, the, the Lamoxin. Okay. Uh, which uh, I had to kind of let Ed know. I'm like, Corey says Lamoxin because Ox, oxen, Not. He's like, it's Lemmix's. I'm like, I know. It's just Corey being Corey. Right, uh, but apparently Will is friends with Brett, the son of Courtney and Ed. Um, did so? He said that he he was. like, I really don't. He's like, I listen to the show, but I don't post questions. Like, but I hopped on the YouTube chat one day before I got my vasectomy, which Whoa. sounds familiar. Did he give us a super chat? Because I almost want to be like, oh my gosh, I remember you. You gave us a whole bunch of money. But if he didn't, then he probably would have felt awkward in that moment. So I didn't say that. But I feel like somebody showed up and dropped the big bag on us one time. They're like, oh, I'm going to be laid up in bed because I got to go get the snippy snip.
0: But that's Will. I feel like I would have remembered that. But no, I guess I clearly didn't. But yeah, man, either way, congrats on the vasectomy, I guess.
1: James B was there. Ed, obviously, and Courtney. uh, My cousin Lane, Lane Hodges. Hmm. Uh, Eleanor, but her friends call her Ellie. So shout out to her. Ronnie, Allen, Jason, Michael, Sean, and then Gerald and his daughter, Riley. Uh, Riley's children groan whenever she puts a show on every morning, and I told her we need to fix that. And I said we'd give her kids a shout-out. I don't know her kids' names, but uh, if your mama's name is Riley and you're listening to the show, wake up! There we go. Don't be all like, oh, mom. You know, so. And then a bunch of people came up and said hi as we were working, Corey. But, uh, and Ira's so nice, like Ira gets up shakes their hands like i'm feverishly working like oh yeah they like the show cool thanks man appreciate it awesome man see you around bye yeah but you know ira's out there doing yeoman's work so anyhow all right thanks all those people came out to pensacola for the booster visit tour stop lots of videos coming up over on the youtube page which you all should be subscribed to let's get to the renegade express course shall we let's do it by the way how'd brady do Brady debut in his uh, yeah not amateur great amateur career. Uh, or I don't oh know oh for it.
0: three, uh, made some nice plays in the outfield, All right. some nice running catches. But uh, yeah, at the plate, uh, not happy with himself. Um, and it, but the good news was it wasn't like he was overmatched. It was just he you know timing was off. Good swings, fouled some off, and then swung and missed it ones right down the middle. But he wasn't like blown away. Okay. It is, you know, obviously I'm not the biggest person in the world. Neither is his mom. But it was startling seeing him on a high school baseball field, with some kids that are a good year older. Like he's four, he's young. He might be the youngest kid on the team. He might have been the youngest kid in the game uh, for either team, and he certainly was one of the smallest. And it's just it's uh, startling to see how big some of these freshmen are compared to uh, you know compared to my kid.
1: Well, but he, you know, some, you know, he, some he's, dads get deer antler spray. Some dads give their kids vitamin energy.
0: So I, you know, exactly right, and I'm, I'm 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 putting that on them, and it's not poison, vitamin energy at right. all. Right, it's, not it's at all. great. Deer antler spray is. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's we're getting them on that. We're getting them on that uh, path, wow. uh, and I keep telling them, it's like, dude, you'll you'll catch up with them. You know, the, these kids were in eighth grade when they were your age. So you'll by this time next year, you'll be as big as they are now. But that doesn't mean you can't work hard and try to get stronger. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But it was it was noticeable. <laughs> I mean, there are some monsters out there, man. There are some. I mean, I, I, I assume some of them drove to the game. Uh, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty incredible. But yeah, they lost, uh, and he didn't hit well. But hey, oh, nowhere to go but up. Yeah. Did you do anything for Valentine's Day
1: with Steph? I mean, you're up there. You're gonna just did you punt to later this weekend. Is that what we're gonna do? Because the the title of the thread is Renegade Express Valentine's Week, and our guy Mark was saying um, he thinks it might be the most overrated holiday, if not what is part one of his question.
0: Oh, I definitely, I think, I mean, it was a created holiday. I mean, I guess all holidays are created technically, but it was created by the greeting card companies. Um, So, yeah, man, no, it is completely overrated. I also think like it became like a, it it seems kind of uh, archaic. It's like, hey, dudes are going to be dudes for 364 (laughs) days a year where they act like they don't care and they're not really into you, but this one day they're going to give you flowers and all is forgiven uh i i feel like every day is valentine's day for stephanie and i okay i don't need to february 14th doesn't mean nothing to me it's no different than march 14th or february 15th it's always valentine's for her and if i want to get her flowers one day i just get her flowers i don't tell hallmark doesn't tell me what to do uh, and also she didn't get me anything okay. that was my long way of saying no i didn't get anything for her yeah right. uh, but she didn't get anything for me either and why is it just why is it just catered towards the women Men like presents too. Yeah,
1: I thought you were going to zag there. I thought you were going to be like, you know, three hundred sixty-four days out of the year. Now, you know, women are independent; they can do everything men can do, and that's how they want it to be. But then this day, you still better—you still better act like it's eighteen forty-nine and bring me a dowry and you know your finest meats and cheeses and jewels and gems and show me just how much you love me, or else you are not worthy of my love. But you didn't zag.
0: Well, I was going that way. You—you did it for me, though. Thanks, buddy.
1: Back to FSU. Mark says, "What's your take on the continued criticism of the defense?" Other than two awful stretches against Wake and Clemson where we gave up 55 points unanswered, I think the defense played pretty darn good, especially dealing with some injuries. Let's not forget that neither Syracuse or Miami saw the end zone on their home fields. Boston College, Georgia Tech didn't fare much better. 2020, first half of 21, defense was unwatchable. Now they're in position to be a very solid defense with everybody returning except Jamie and some nice additions from the portal. Is it just a matter of folks being spoiled from the glory days or are they jaded from the product from 17 through 21. I mean, even elite defenses give up lots of points and yards on any given Saturday at this point, which is absolutely amen, Mark. On the Or is the narrative true? FSU's defense was only good statistically in 22 because they did not face a lot of good offenses.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, they, they were fourth in the country and passing yards uh, allowed, like, least a number um, because, they, you know, they didn't face a ton of great quarterbacks. And the ones they did face they didn't do all that well against i i think but they were up
1: all the time core so these teams should have been forced into throwing the ball a bunch right
0: well i but i, I think the the criticism comes from um in my opinion in, in my case actually the clemson game um that was just that was uh, that was not a good performance against an average at best offense and then the last two games of the season which you won both so congratulations you did what you had to do but Florida kind of ran up and down the field on you. Oklahoma ran all over you. Um, those are the two. It's just that's what lingers. Just as it, it on the flip side, everybody's in love with Jordan Travis. Now, he had a very good season. But those last two games in particular, like, oh, my gosh, he might be one of the best players in the country. He might be the best player in the country. That's because of what he did those last couple of games. And I think on the flip side, the, re- the reason the perspective has kind of shifted a little bit towards the defense is how they looked those last two games. Just not very good. There's no other way to describe it. Like Oklahoma, yeah, that's a good offense when that kid's at quarterback. But they were missing a bunch of linemen. And it didn't matter. And then Florida, that they hadn't done that to anyone, running up and down the field on you. So you know that was. I think that was the uh, that was what pe- people. That's what. Uh, fil- that's what the filter that people are looking through that lens.
1: Fair, fair. I mean, I again really don't have a lot of data on that one, so I can't say anything. Well oh, said, good Let's All go. Right. All right, this is the uh, the basketball portion of the program. Apparently we got four different people inquiring in different ways about the basketball program. Old Dads and Ol, uh, is curious. Island Chief is curious. Uh, random underscore John is curious, as is our guy Daryl in Thomasville, North Carolina. Uh, different kind of aspects. We'll try to touch on all of them. Wake up. Happy side note. I won the fourth quarter in my square, says Old Dads and Ol. I'm hearing the air horns playing right now in my head.
0: Nice, man. He loved uh, – see, nobody appreciates great coaching like old dad as an old because not only did the Eagles try to let the Chiefs score, but my man McKinnon, mm. if he does what most running backs do, he just saunters into the end zone and celebrates and spikes the ball. No, he slides down at the, uh, the one-yard line, and that's how that 8-5 hit. Mm. And whoever had the 2-5 was really upset with that.
1: There we go. A little bit of sauce for you. District Attorney Harvey Dent once said, Corey, you either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. Mm. A lot of truth in that. It happened in Happy Valley. It happened here with two icons. Unbelievably already. I'm a huge fan of what Coach Leonard Hamilton has done at FSU, but I would hate to see it happen here. Sorry to veer from football, but the hoop situation is weighing heavily on me. I'm not feeling this is going to end well. Love the show, old dad. Island chief kind of wondering about maybe head coach in waiting, try to lure somebody who might be hotly in demand, bring them here. Or do you just say, no, we're just going to move on, go to the best available, uh, random underscore. John, uh, wonders if we feel Alford, will he'll do this off season. Will it, will it be a priority? He's shown he's not afraid to invest in non-revenue sports. Although basketball is a revenue sport, um, New assistants, new coach. Does a collective come out of order? Is there a new one out there, somebody that might be Battles Ends-ish? Uh, and then and D underscore 63, again, Daryl. Basically just saying, you know, you get three bad seasons in a row. Uh, he's a legend, but so is Coach Bowden. Uh, When's enough enough? Are we close, Corey?
0: Well, look, if it looks anything like this again next year, then Yeah. I mean, look, Leonard Hamilton didn't sign a lifetime contract. Um, He is about to break the record. We should point out we're recording this uh, on Wednesday before they play at Clemson, but we're going to go ahead and assume they lose that game. And if they don't, all apologies, guys. We knew you could do it. Great win on the road. Um, But so they're going to have 19 losses. Well, the school record for losses in a season is 21. They're at least going to tie it and probably break the darn thing. So when you have the worst record, when you have the worst season in school history, you don't just get another two or three years to figure things out, especially coming off a bad season the year before. All the goodwill that Leonard has built, it's goodwill, and that's why he's not going to be fired this year. He's allowed to have a dip. He's not allowed to crater it so far down in the liquid hot magma that you can't bring it back up again. And that's what I think the concern is, as you watch what this program is doing. I mean, it is, it is, I, I, the football team didn't even fall off the cliff like this. Like Jim, you know, they had, you know, a couple of nine and three, 10 and three seasons. And even Jimbo's last year was, you know, quote unquote a winning season. It wasn't two and 10, you know, that's what we, we, we've gone from a team that could have won a national championship in 2020 to a team that went to the sweet 16 in 2021 to now a team that's going to set the school record for losses in 2023. That is an unprecedented collapse. So yeah, I, I, you, kind of, I, they have to, I think Michael offered sits down with Leonard gets a game plan. Uh, Leonard said after the game on, like we talked about earlier in the week, he said after the game on Saturday that he knows how to fix it. Okay. Well, you have an offseason to do it. The portal is wide open. You need to go get some guys. Sure. But what are you doing about your coaching staff? And what is the long-term goal here? Because he is going to be 75 when the next college basketball season starts. And now look, I know apparently people can run this country into their mid-80s. Like we're <laughs> fine with that. The, the, the two people that will probably run for, the two people that just ran for president, we're both older than Leonard Hamilton is now, right now. But weirdly, I think there comes a time where maybe you can't maybe you can run a country, maybe you can be the, the most powerful person in the free world. but you don't need to be running a Division one basketball team when you when you get to your late 70s. I mean, you just don't. There, and so um, so I, I do think that there has to be a plan in place. I don't think there'll be a coach in waiting. Um, there just won't unless it's Stan. That would be the only thing they could do, and I don't, I don't think they're going to do that, the assistant coach, Stan Jones. Now, everybody would want to talk about Dennis Gates. He had the big win at Tennessee uh, over the weekend. They're probably going to make the NCAA tournament. They got boat racing yeah. on Tuesday, but hey, they, they went one-on-one on, one, one-on-one on that road trip uh, with the big win at Tennessee. So, he's, he's a shiny object, but I don't know that he leaves Missouri for Florida State. I, I think Charlton Young would, but I don't know if that's, you know, and maybe you don't make a splash higher, but I would be all for CY becoming the head coach here. He was here. He was very instrumental in what this program became. Um, he's young ish. He's had head coaching experience. But, you know, is that a splash hire, an assistant from Missouri, even if he was one of your former assistants? Or do you want to go get the guy at, uh, where is it, FIU? The guy that's won? FAU, I think they're FAU, actually- where they're, they're 25 and 2 or something. But again, Leonard's not going anywhere this year. So the question is, what is the time frame for when he does leave because here's the thing he they can have an exit strategy maybe leonard wants two or three more years maybe he wants to go out on top but you can't just wait that out until it actually happens um we've seen this play out before there needs to not maybe be a drop dead this is when you're leaving but if it doesn't turn around next year we might have to say see we might have to say goodbye you don't want it to come that you don't want it to go that way You want him to go out on top, whatever that means to you. It's not going to be a national championship, but getting to the NCAA tournament, uh, winning 20 games, whatever it is, you want him to go out on top, um, but at what cost? Because you can't just, this can't continue. You literally have, you know, one of the five worst power five teams in the country on your hands here after having one of the five best in the country three years ago, so um, it's, it's a, it's an interesting and it's a delicate deal here with Alford, right? He can't fire Leonard Hamilton after this year and he does not want to fire Leonard Hamilton at all. Yeah. But what if you're 10 and 20 next year? Oh, it's over. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah, next you, year, yeah. but that's what we're all trying to avoid, right? Yes. We, we want at least 18 and 12, 20 and 14. We want something respectable for him to go out on if he's going to go out, but you don't want you you can't you can't mire in mediocrity because you don't want to hurt a head coach's feelings but also understand the head coach doesn't want to go out like this he's not just there to cash a paycheck he wants to turn this around he wants to go out he knows what he built and he wants to see it at least somewhat recognizable when he steps out and he leaves it in a good place for whoever does come behind him it's 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 interesting it's really an interesting and Florida State's been through it before really With Bowden and Mike Martin, Um, it's it's an it's just I think fascinating what it's going to be.
1: I'm I'm curious to see if like how much money does Florida State truly? I mean, they've invested in Mike Norley, invested in football. We talked to you about the fact that they really do have money, but like, will they will they overextend themselves to have a marquee name to be their head basketball coach, or do they think they can find like a diamond? Can they? is CY good enough or does Michael Alford, you know, he's going to have Mike Norvell, you know, one of the 10 best coaches if you want to talk about how the the teams played last year, right? They finished 10th in the nation. If you want to use that kind of sort of, uh, you know, reasoning or what have you. Like, will he be fine with that? Or, like, will he want to go and be like, this is, we're in the ACC, we need to have a coach that's got huge gravitas. Although, I mean, look who Duke hired. You know, John Shire. Um, uh, You know, North Carolina didn't go that splashy to replace Roy. No, That's, they went with an assistant. Yeah, so I really am curious to see what that happens. And yeah, for, I don't
0: I don't foresee that. I, I don't think Florida State is in a position, if you just look around the landscape of college basketball, there aren't a, like, who did Florida just hire? Yeah, from Todd San Francisco. Golden, right? yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then before that, it was the guy from Louisiana Tech. And Florida has a very, you know, has a much more storied tradition than than Florida State and has more money to give. And they still got the coach from San Francisco. So, um So you're not going to go get somebody from a Power 5 school, probably, unless Gates wants to just come back to Tallahassee. You're not going to get an up-and-coming coach from a Power 5 school. So you're going to have to go um, the other route, which is either an assistant from one of those schools, an assistant from your own school, or a a head coach from a a smaller school and hope that you hit a home run with them. That's just kind of... Uh, that, that's kind of how it works, but because retreads again,
1: don't work because, you know, Tom Crean, George, I mean, you see a lot of these guys. No, that, I would not do yeah,
0: that yeah. I, at all. Um, and, and look, man, this isn't just specific to Florida State. Calipari's struggling at Kentucky. Like, they're, they're kind of, he's all, he seems like he won't be because he's got an incredible recruiting class coming in because it's Kentucky. But, uh, you know, they, they have not been nearly what they were. And, you know, th- there comes a time where the fan base kind of just wants a change. I don't know that the fan base is here right now because of what happened the two, the, the, what, the five years previous to, um, you know, these last two. He had built up such goodwill. But you can't, you, again, the point is you can't look like this again. You can't be almost uncompetitive. I wouldn't say almost. And it wasn't, again, last year they lost games. But it wasn't just that they lost games. They would be down by 35 at half. Uh, I remember the North Carolina game specifically. And that was before North Carolina became great. It was just a pretty... And they were down like 60 to 20. 65 to 22. They don't guard anyone. They don't rebound. They're not tough. There's nothing... They don't shoot well. They don't do anything well. Um, and that's a that's an indictment of the the talent that's been accrued. It's an indictment on the coaching staff and not catering towards it. But again... You can say, I know how to fix it. And by all means, we all, we all want Leonard to fix it. There's no bigger fan of Leonard Hamilton than I am. But you don't get carte blanche for five years until you're 80 years old Damn. to figure it out. You got one year. And if it starts going sour in the middle of next season, I would say like at this time next year, if they're hovering around 500, I think the discussions are ongoing. Like, look, man, you've got five games left. And they might have a discussion before the season. I don't know, but you can't – it's really hard to imagine having a 76- or 77-year-old head coach in the middle of a rebuild.
1: It's yeah, because like when he says Those fix aren't the people it. that
0: rebuild programs, 77-year-olds, 76-year-olds. They don't do rebuilds.
1: Because when he says fix it, it's like, okay, do you mean fix it, like Wake Forest, like pit fix it overnight seemingly by going to the transfer portal, or like I need some time to fix it because – he didn't specify that, and I do wonder, Corey. What is the bigger problem right now—the the symptoms, like the losing, or the causes? Like, how did you how do you get into a situation where this roster is so devoid of ready-made talent? And I know it took Trent and you know T-Man, it took them time to develop, but like you you had some NBA lottery picks to kind of shield them for a little bit to let that kind of happen and simmer. You don't have that right now. Like how? It's not arrogance. Like, how do you fall asleep at the wheel to, like, where you compose your roster going into the season and be like, all right, we're good. And you mentioned, like, Jalen Ganey goes down. Okay. I mean, he's the Ivy League Defensive Player of the Year, but, like, it, what's his war? Like, how much does that really lift all ships? You know, Cameron Fletcher's out. Okay, but... We kind of we've had enough of a sample size to see. I don't know if the bigger problem right now is just the losing or like the disappointment. And how could you have built such great rosters here and had such a great run the last you know for five six years and then you just completely seem to have lost all touch of how to keep a roster moving and
0: afloat. Lost all culture too. Like lost all every bit of the <laughs> the culture that had been built up. And that was a big problem with last year. Is the two guys you absolutely could not lose were Anthony Polite and Malik Osborne. They were the fifth-year guys. They had been through the wars. They had been to the mountaintop. They knew what the Florida State way was. They were going to be uh, instrumental in welcoming all these newcomers and, and making them understand what Florida State basketball is all about. And they played. They barely played. And they were hurt all season. When they did play, they weren't good. Uh, White Wilkes, same thing. And then so those guys that you thought were going to be the, the holdovers that kind of held the rope, for this new class of guys to understand what it meant uh they dropped the rope not because they got hurt um and so now there's nobody left from those great teams not one person so who's establishing the culture the guys that get beat every night they go out there the guys that don't guard anyone like there's nobody there there's no there's no leadership there um that understands what it takes to be a winning basketball player and so you got to figure that You got to find that. And yeah, I mean, the portal's going to be big. It's also going to be big who comes back. You know, look, we, we all knew, I, I we, we stated ahead of time that Baba Miller wasn't Kevin Durant. We knew he wasn't going to come in and average 30 a game and be a, a savior. Um, but this is absurd how bad he's been. He's completely unproductive. And when you watch that kid on the court, you see what's there. He's 6'11", can handle, can move. Uh, he's faster than almost anybody on the team. Uh, He's quicker than almost anybody on the team. He really does have a nice shot. Although when he gets in games, he's airballing everything. He plays with zero confidence. And that's an issue. Is he going to be back next year? Certainly, I wouldn't think he's done enough to put his name in the draft. But maybe he wants to go play somewhere else where he thinks he can be utilized better than two points a game. So there's all these question marks that are hovering around this program. And we just hope they get figured out so my man can go out. Not on top, but at least not face-first in the mud like this is.
1: Last question on this. Guy. All right. Um, Greg Marshall, or is he still too toxic? Former coach of Wichita State, apparently was a complete jerk to his players, like a la Bobby Knight. Maybe mm. not a la whatever was going on in New Mexico State. Uh, but I think it's, you know, if, if things don't work out next season and Leonard has to either, you know, eject himself or he's sent packing like because I feel like that's a guy that's built a program. He maintained some pretty good success at Wichita State, although they they tapered off and maybe it's because he was a jerk. But like if is that a guy you would reach out to and see if he's like rehabilitate himself? Because I'm trying to think of, you know, like I I meant, you know, we can't get Jay Wright, unfortunately, everybody. Um, Right. And I don't think we're going to get Sean Miller leave Xavier. So I'm just trying to think of like those guys that are out there that have done it, a place that might not have the best sort of situations.
0: Well, look, hey, Leonard Hamilton's my coach, Aslan. I don't even want to entertain any okay. of these other names. Right. But if you're going to go that route of guys with maybe questionable pass, pass, but have proven they can win. And I'm just throwing this name out there for two years down the road. Dave Bliss? After he's shown some rehabilitation. No, Chris Beard.
1: Oh, okay, okay. He
0: got to a championship game. He got All to a right. final four in the national championship game at Texas Tech. He had Texas rolling. That stuff happened. Um, you have to do a real investigation. Re- don't don't just talk to Chris Beard, but do a real investigation into what happened. And then I don't. I as I'm saying this now, I'm like, no, we're not doing that. You don't go from Leonard Hamilton to that. You just don't. I know he's a very good basketball coach. I know somebody will hire him. I don't think Florida State should hire Chris Beard. So strike that from the record, everyone. Oh, I was let's go with I CY. So I want excited. CY. I don't want Chris Beard.
1: Savor a shot of energy while nourishing your body with a compound of essential vitamins with vitamin Energy. Small package, sizable punch. It's less than two ounces. You can enjoy your vitamin energy as a shot, pour it into a water bottle and sip on it throughout the day. Vegan, kosher certified, gluten-free, non-GMO, zero sugar. Gives you the energy boost you need and crave without any of the crash whole bunch of fsu grads over there at vitaminenergy.com hooking you folks up with the promo code war bogo b-o-g-o use that promo code over at vitaminenergy.com buy one get one free it's easy as that get your focus up get your pre-workout game strong you can even try a variety pack to see which shot you like best give it a shot check it out vitaminenergy.com promo code war b-o-g-o Corey, they emailed me about my house and And whether or not a semi can pull into my driveway because they're shipping me a pallet, bud. Your stuff, my stuff is coming in on a pallet. So I'm like, I'm probably going to need a liftgate, guys. Uh, But I'm stoked. There's like new flavors, new potions. Give me some Bart Scott. Can't wait.
0: Why don't you get a uh, you should you should tell people, listeners, uh, our loyal listeners, when that truck is showing up and we can we can just start selling it out of your driveway
1: like nino brown just handing them out like yeah like man like
0: good for the people for the yeah. neighborhood like robin hood out here uh yeah man uh yeah in fact uh speaking of i had the uh the sour apple workout mm. one um earlier today on wednesday and man i was i was sprinting at the end of the workout It's all i'm saying it's part of most of that is me because I'm in incredible shape. True, but true. P- some of that clearly was the workout because usually I'm exhausted by the end of uh, the workout. The seven-hour energy because I was I, I usually uh, work out by the I work out and I'm exhausted by the end. Hmm. But not with Vitamin Energy. My man. Daddy was running. He was sprinting like he was Usain Bolt. Nice. on that treadmill at the end.
1: VitaminEnergy.com promo code WarChamp B O G O. Georgian Oles eighty six. Our guy Ronnie, wake up, guys! What does each letter represent in the climb? Coach Norvell references. I looked this up, Corey. I did. I did. I did look it up. Is it an acronym? Yeah, it's an acronym. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you ready? I didn't
0: well, know that. Can I guess?
1: Absolutely. First one, C. Obviously, courage. No.
0: Competitiveness.
1: There's a lot of M's in it and, and a couple T's. Commitment. Bingo l uh, l is two words actually but the first one starts with an l uh
0: love this like me no <laughs> love you i no, i don't know that one
1: little things mm, okay i
0: i am the best coach in america and you need to believe it
1: <laughs> close intensity okay m another two-worder
0: mike norvell
1: mental toughness Ooh. okay
0: all right okay and then then the b oh uh be be like mike
1: nailed it it. okay good great brotherhood brotherhood
0: okay so So commitment commitment, little love me little things right yeah intensity intensity
1: mental toughness Brotherhood. be
0: like mike and brotherhood okay all right, nice. I didn't know that.
1: It's all been on. It's all been on display, right? Commitment. The guys that have stuck around this program. Yeah, that have hung tough. Little things. You know, apparently they're keeping the, the planes clean. You know, they're they're nice gentlemen. They're taking yeah. their hats off. They're taking their jewelry off. Uh, intensity. I mean, we see it out there at practice. You guys hear it when you see the videos of him welcoming recruits. You know, mental toughness. You know, they're mm-hmm. in dogfights. I mean, they were—they were in 120 minutes of dogfight to end the season, right? Against Florida yeah. and Oklahoma, pulled it out. Uh, and then Brotherhood—they all seem to get along quite well. Azaria and Darius we were do. at the Pensacola stop, shaking hands, skin to skin with the folks. So, yep, it's all there, man. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. I think is what Ulysses S. Grant said uh, before right. he let Grant, you know, before he let Sherman do his thing. So, walk <laughs> it like you talk it. Right. Next question, Knoll 43. It's more of just a statement. It's Eric from Tallahassee these days. The Knolls, three weeks away from spring practice. Hopefully, the off-season strength and conditioning is going smoothly in the preparation for the upcoming and promising season. The extension now out of the rearview. It is time to climb and make it all the way to Pillar Ray Pereira's hometown of Houston, Texas to bring home the national championship. Let's go, Knolls. 2023 is our year. Spring, summer, and fall sports. All teams clicking. Eric in Tallahassee. Hit the thumbs up and like button, he says, everybody. It's Eric saying it, so do it.
0: Speaking of all the teams, uh, softball got a doubleheader win. Nice. Um, on uh, on Tuesday over FAMU. And then uh, and then heading down to Clearwater for that big tournament Ooh. with all the other big boys in the country.
1: Nice. Nice. Our guy Derek, XDQ004. Wake up. If we finish the season as we're all predicting in the college football playoff. hmm are we all predicting that? We're hoping, I, right? I, I, predict- I think he's being facetious, but maybe not. How many players will have been drafted if this happens? Which, Ira and I talked about this briefly on the uh, car ride out to Pensacola. Like, we're wondering about Pro Day. I think Pro Day is, like, towards the end of March. And I'm like, who's going to be a Pro Day besides Jamie? And he's like, well, you know, Dylan and Jazz and Turntine. And like, I don't know, like Jarquez, I guess, Pac-Man, you know. so. But, man, think about if, if everything hits, right? Jordan, okay. Trey, Johnny, Bob Scott, um, maybe Demetri Manuel. I mean, he'll, I'm sure he'll be giraffe if he's still here. You know, golly. Verse. Yeah, I forgot about that guy. Love it. Fisk.
0: Um, Cypress. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe um, Akeem the Dream. Well, he might be a senior. So it, might he, either way, uh, Renardo Green, perhaps. Um, Six and a half. Would you take the over
1: the under on six and a half?
0: Uh, being drafted, drafted off next year's team.
1: Yes, off the 2023 team that'll be at the playoff, we're hoping. I think I'd take the a, over, right? I mean, I, I, yeah, Robert Scott, I, Jordan, Trey, Johnny. That's four on offense alone. And then Jaheem Bell, if you want to even say that.
0: Yeah, you and you definitely do. I think he's draftable. I also think the. Uh, Versus six? The kid that just came from UTEP. Cypress is seven. Uh, Byers. Byers. Yeah, I think he's certainly draftable. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah, so they might, They, I mean, they should, yeah, I would go over six and a half. If, if they do, like if all those guys don't have, you know, if they have good seasons, um, yeah, and they have a good year, so you know they're probably off um, to, the, to the NFL, yeah, I think you're looking at eight or nine probably. It's like the old no, days, yeah, Aslan. No
1: pressure. That's why, I'm. you know, I'm the whole, it's not all or nothing. He's got his contract extension. He's good. He's sleeping well. Um, but man, like you really do, you really do have to strike while the iron's hot, man. It's it's. I mean, when you have that many guys on this team, this schedule, this conference, in this day and age, and this in this window right now, man, I'll yeah. make it happen. I also thought he was a little bit more. He he got a little. He got a little Reverend Mike in him in Pensacola. Like I like, blot out the speakers, Reverend Mike. But then he kind of felt it. I feel like, and he dialed it back because somebody was joking me at the Pensacola stop. Like, man. They're like he brings it, and he's like you know firing brimstone, making four million. What is he gonna be like now that he's making eight million? and I'm like, you know I, mean, I think he's gonna be more comfortable in his skin, like more relaxed like I've arrived, not complacent, but like right. i've 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 fired you all up, and I've shown you what I can do, so I don't need to come off the top rope and I thought I did a good job I did a good job on Monday out there in Pensacola. It was that long ago? All right, well good. How about this question? Make up your mind, guy. No dad for life. We love him. Ahoy, gents. First sentence, Corey. I'm finding it hard to get too excited for the season. Okay. Just wait. Just wait. It's great, though, because the way he ends it. If I just read the first sentence and the last sentence, it'd be amazing. Anyhow, finding it hard to get too excited for the upcoming season. We were awesome in the 90s. Then we had the lost decade. We were awesome from 12 to 16. Then it dropped off again. I'm just really hoping that Norvell is going to turn us into a yearly contender for the playoffs like Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, teams like that. I really, truly want to believe. With that being said, I am really confident about this season. So, I mean, if you're not too excited, but you're, how can you not be too excited for the season, but you're really confident about the season?
0: I Reconcile think it, yeah, that for me, Corey. It's two competing thoughts. I think he had in the in the in the statement. Like he's okay. he's excited for the sea, or he's confident for the season, but he's not confident that they're going to be a perennial top ten team. Okay. Like this could be a one off, right. Because of all the uh, talent we just er- everything that off. coalesced yeah. um, with with the with the portal and the guys returning, and you have this great quarterback that kind of came out of nowhere. You know, not you know what I mean. Like mm. this was not the plan all along. Was to Jordan Travis to be a Heisman candidate. That's you. You didn't go get Mackenzie Milton because you thought Jordan Travis was going to be a Heisman candidate. Yeah. Um, so this is you kind of. It it almost feels like you lucked into this. You lucked into this great quarterback that you didn't really believe in um, in the in the you know spring of 2021. So that said, I would say this. No, I don't know that they'll ever get on the level of what Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State have done. Meaning, that I don't know that they're going to rip off five straight 12 win seasons or being the playoff the being the top 4 every year like those four those three teams seem to be but remember starting in 2024 being a perennial playoff contender means being a top 16 team if you're in the top 16 to 17 teams in the country you're dancing right there at the edge of being in the playoffs mm. so i i really think Mike Norvell can make that happen he can get on the he can get on par with What's a team that's, like, always around the top? Like Penn State. Yeah. He can certainly get on par with Penn State. Like, always be our Utah. Somewhere in the neighborhood of 7 to 13. Those yeah. two teams are just... They just smack dab at, like, 9. For they, I feel like they've been ranked... Both those teams have been ranked number 9 for the last four years. I think Florida State can... I think Florida State under Mike Norvell can definitely get to that. Even with some of the disadvantages they will continue to have as far as money when it comes to SEC and Big Ten schools. So I think you can be a perennial playoff contender. Can he be a perennial national championship contender? Well, I don't know. But let's get to a few playoffs, and then let's see what kind of recruits he starts bringing in after that.
1: Absolutely. I I endorse all that, Corey. Well said, man. All right, buddy. Thomas Ortner, if Georgia and Alabama back out of the scheduled games of Florida State, would they be on the hook for just the loss of revenue, or would they also be responsible for the buyout fsu would most likely have to pay to get a respectable replacement it all seems cowardly to me especially mm. since texas is keeping michigan's home and home on the slate p.s Aslan, sorry for last week i have a dislocated or slightly broken thumb the swelling has since come down I don't believe him. I think he just was a poor typer, and that's just – I need a doctor's oh, note. Oh, that's right. I, I was need a like, what's he apologizing orts? for? I need a doctor's note, Orts. I hope you're feeling better, though, man. That's It's crazy when, you you know, we've got all these fingers and all these limbs, and we don't realize how important they all are when you just – even the pinky on your left hand if you're a righty. Yeah. If it just goes hurt, you're like, man, it's so important to the game. But a thumb? That's what separates us from everything else, right? The opposable thumbs, Corey. So, Especially sorry, texting.
0: Tom. Yeah, sorry Tom. I mean, how are you going to text without a thumb? That's crazy. Uh, so I we appreciate you battling through it and making almost a coherent question last week. Uh, th- this was much better. We really do appreciate uh, T Bone. Um,
1: I've never seen the have con- never actually seen the contract on these games.
0: I I've have not seen- either.
1: Yeah, maybe can um, we can we ask for that?
0: Our, our, that like I yeah we could we could probably get the 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 contracts for that. That's a, a sunshine law, freedom of information. We could get that. Um I think I look for the people that don't know, so they start I think they start with Alabama twenty five, twenty six. Yes. yes. And then Georgia's twenty seven, twenty eight. Yes. Um I went on a rant on on headlines about this because I'm not against those games being canceled. I'm not for it either. But I'm not against it. The the reason I'm not for it is because how cool it would be to have Georgia and Alabama come to Doke. Like what that would mean for season ticket sales, what that would mean just for the energy in that one game. I'd much rather see Georgia or Alabama in that stadium than Southern Miss or North Alabama. You know what I mean? It's just, it's so much better for your fans. Give them a home experience and a home experience like that. And on top of that, with the 12-team with the playoff, one loss at the beginning of the season doesn't crush your dreams. You could probably still afford another loss and make the playoffs if you if you beat the right teams. Um, so that's why I'm for those staying around why I'm against them staying around is because screw the SEC they are trying to squash the ACC they are trying to make the ACC irrelevant that's why they're trying to make everybody irrelevant that's why they went and got Texas and Oklahoma so until they pony up and say Florida State you're you're joining us I don't want to give their teams more marquee games than they already get Mm -hmm. like oh you want a marquee game well go to Oxford then man because why would the ACC do anything to help the SEC? And also, if Georgia comes to Doke and loses, they will not get penalized because they'll have five or six other opportunities to beat these inflated SEC teams to go right back up in the rankings. Meanwhile, if Florida State loses to Georgia, oh, they can't play with the SEC. Like the, 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 it's not, the standard isn't the same for the two teams competing in the game when it comes to trying to make the playoff. Georgia will get much better, more of the benefit of the doubt and have much greater chances down the line. You saw what happened to LSU, man. You Just go back to the first game of this season. Florida State outplayed LSU for three quarters, collapsed, still won the game. LSU goes on a nice winning streak over the next two months, and all of a sudden, LSU's in talk for the playoff. They're ranked ahead of Florida State, even though they have the same record. So, again, the SEC just gets this, um, you know, and it's, it's obviously the best conference in the country, but they're going to get inflated for all their wins. I don't like helping them out and giving them more marquee games than they already get. At the same time, I want Florida State to have marquee games, and BC ain't it. So you got to do something. Now to answer the question that's really asked and not just, hey, Corey, will you go on a rant for three minutes? Um, I don't know if they would have to pay the buyout for whoever they would get to replace them. I, I really don't. I, I was trying to think back when Auburn did it back in the 90s when they... Uh, Tuberville took over, I think, and they got out of their home and home with Florida State. I don't, I I just can't remember what the details were for that. Um, I know they had to pay, but I don't know if they had to pay, then pay for whoever Florida State replaced them with. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, I would say right now, because Oklahoma and Texas are coming and they probably want to go to a 10 game schedule, that I would think it's 50-50 because the ship, the the landscape in that conference is going to change with non-conference games. I think the 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 chances of those games being played are probably fifty fifty at best.
1: You know, it's crazy. I was looking at this. So, like you said, Bama twenty five twenty six, Georgia twenty seven twenty eight. I think the the games in Tallahassee against both of these opponents are week one games. But of then course. when we go play them in Sanford Stadium, in Brighton Denny, those are like week two. Okay, kind of weird. You know, it, it is be, weird. We get tune-ups when we play at their house, but when they play at our house, I guess maybe that favors us, right? Probably like,
0: favors Florida State, yeah. yeah. Look at
1: that. So the, the world isn't skewed always towards uh, the SEC. Hopefully the odds are skewed in your favor. Try it out over at mybookie.ag. They'll give you a deposit bonus when you use a promo code WARCHANT. That'll certainly help skew some things in your favor, right? A little bit more purchasing power for mm. your deposit. NFL futures are out there. Let's see here. The Falcons, plus 7,500 to win it all, Corey, next year.
0: Huh yeah not, not, i mean not, once they get aaron Rodgers, yeah i don't know if they're going to get aaron or lamar jackson mm. i think i want lamar just because he's younger and aaron Rodgers. who knows if he's ever going to come back out of the woods um so maybe go make a run at lamar jackson then that number plummets man
1: all sorts of lines over at my bookie basketball as well i, I, I don't want to read it florida say they were a 10-point underdog when they played clemson everybody 10-point underdog you could have Hopped all over that. Don't know what happens in the game because we're recording this beforehand. But anything you want to bet, anything, anytime, anywhere, available over at mybookie.ag. Use that promo code WARCHANT to get your deposit bonus. Give you some more cheddar, some more jack, some more uh, whatever you want to use, adjective to describe cash to play in the game. Mybookie.ag, promo code is WARCHANT.
0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Winding things down here, Corey. Home stretch, some may call it here. Maybe only one or two because we bundled a lot that were towards the bottom here. Our guy, Noelboy02. Uh, saw him in Pensacola out there with his pops. Shane is like his quasi-godfather. The, the, I thought his name was Shay when he first introduced himself, but it's Shane. I shouted him out at the top of the show. Anyhow, he was wondering, guys, what if Flores had hired Mike Norvell in 2017? How do you think things would have changed? Or maybe how things would have looked, maybe. I don't know. I've seen this question, Corey, so I should be ahead of it on you. Uh, But I I don't really have any kind of original, uh, you know, thought or anything that's too provocative. Um, I certainly don't think they would have cratered as badly like in 19. I mean, 18, who knows? Or 20.
0: Like, 20 wouldn't have gone as bad because it would have been his, what, fourth year? 18? It would have been his third year. So, 2020 wouldn't have been... Um, the disaster it was. And I don't think, obviously, the first month of 2021 wouldn't have been the disaster it was. But that's the thing, though. So
1: you go from Jimbo, who was, I mean, I don't know if you call him a player's coach, but in 17, he had checked out, right? By all accounts, he had checked out, at least after the Alabama game. Um, But he came back to beat Gainesville or beat Florida and Gainesville. So thanks for coming back on the clock for that one, John James. Appreciate you. Um, But, like, if you would have had that kind of that nine months of Pretty much no supervision from a head football coach. It seems like maybe not nine months. That's way. That's really. It was three months, right? I mean, he was in. He was all in for that Alabama game. They lost the Alabama game September whatever, and then by November he had checked out of the job. So it was like three months. You can point out sixteen promissory notes and him losing grip. It's put personal life spiraling out of control. Whatever you want to say. It wasn't horrendous. So I think if, like Mike Norvell shows up at that point. There's a there's enough hanging in the balance. I think Corey at that point. To where you can grab it and you can, or you can stop what's sliding down the hill. You can slide, you can stop that slide a lot better uh, than starting day one and it's all the way at the bottom. It's in an abyss
0: because when well, is the question like after the seventeen season?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so like instead of hiring Taggart, how would yeah, it look like? Because Willie, yeah, because Willie clearly whatever philosophy he wanted to instill and bring here did not stop the slide. It just seemed to kind of supercharge it of anything. I'm not saying 18 would have been a great year, but I just think that 18 might have been less rocky so that 19 would have been a little bit more of a, a, a true rebuild. And to your point, I guess 20 would have looked, looked a lot different.
0: Yeah, and look, man, it's not just Norvell. Um, I'm assuming when we talk about Norvell coming after 17, he's bringing Alex Atkins with him. Oh, my
1: gosh, him. right? I mean, Iron yeah. and I were talking about it on the way out to Pensacola. Court. Like, think about that staff. Mark Snyder out the game. Jim Leavitt wasn't even part of that 18 team, but he comes in 19. He's out the game. Uh, Raymond Woody, shout out, though. He's a BC head, head coach. Uh, you know What? Yeah. Oh, Bethune-Cookman. Yeah, Bethune-Cookman. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. Uh, the BCC, other BC. BCC, yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Um, you know, Greg Fry, not coaching anywhere. Dante Pimpleton, I don't think is coaching any longer after. He just
0: got a job at, like, Did Missouri. He? I just saw it on okay. Twitter. Like, Missouri State or somewhere, he just got hired.
1: All right. I think Telly's hanging around in Marshall. Um, but, you know, that's I – mean, that, Walt Bell. Harlan
0: Barnett. Walt Bell is wherever. Where yeah. is Walt Bell? I think Harlan he might Barnett. be in
1: Indiana. Maybe he's somewhere. He's actually had a Power 5 program, Walt Bell. But, yeah, yeah. so it's not just <laughs> David Mike.
0: Kelly. Uh look, man, it was it was a bad staff. It was there's no other way. And you can say I we can say that in hindsight or we can say it would we looking know looking at where those guys are now. That's well, I'm I mean, sorry,
1: Corey. I'm sorry to keep interrupting you interrupting, but I was asking Ira this too on the road. Like having seen what we saw, Corey, like if would we know it, would we see it in advance now, like say Norvell whatever kills it next six years, he's like, I wanna go to the NFL and then you bring in a new staff and like will we be like, Oh, you know, I like all these sort of little idiosyncrasies. Like how did we not know? And I'm not sure a lot of people are asking that question right now. Like how did we go to practice some days? How did, how were we around that stuff? listening to what was going on. We had a, an idea that it might not work out, but it was after it actually hit the fan. Like, would we be able to recognize it this time? We'd be able to kind of be like, all right, no bad hire. We can just say that. It's right
0: hard. Now. It's hard to say because we didn't get to watch Jimbo practices. We got to watch one a year. And then we didn't really get to watch many of Taggart practices. Um, now they were different than what we were watching with Jimbo. But again, you're talking about a really small sample size of like two or three a year. And then we get every practice. So if I would have gotten to see a Mike Norvell practice or even, you know, a 10 Jimbo practices and then gotten to see 10 Willie practices, I think we'd have been able to discern. Yeah. These guys do a lot of standing around. Um, they don't, they, this doesn't seem to be much of a, a cohesive, uh, i i don't know plan every day and you know the biggest thing we remember the the drill the the ball security drill that that showed up on twitter yeah where the guy the the ga or whoever it was the manager is just smacking the ball like he's not like he's trying not to hurt a nine-month-old baby on top of the head like no no urgency there at all none and long as I've said before, how you do anything is how you do everything. And Word. if you're okay with the practice drill where it's no drill at all because the kid at the end isn't even trying to knock the ball out, then what are we doing? What's the point of all this? And yeah, so going back to the... I, I don't know. I just again, we didn't get to see a lot of Willie practices to know what was going on behind the scenes or wasn't going on behind the scenes. But to answer the question... I don't, it's hard to say, man, if Norvell brings Atkins, then at least, you know, because man, the, the, the roster, like who's his quarterback, James Blackman? Like there's a ceiling you're going to hit. There's a ceiling you're going to hit with James Blackman as your quarterback. Um, and Blackman would at least been the quote. Well, maybe if maybe Francois finds his groove. Uh, in that offense with with Norvell, it's an offensive playmakers,
1: Atkins. Corey. I'm sure DeAndre considers himself a playmaker. So true.
0: Hey, by the way, DeAndre might be starting for the Orlando Guardians yeah. uh, on Saturday in the first uh, in the the relaunch of the XFL, coached by uh, who? Terrell Buckley, Boom. with old T Buck at the helm, playing the Houston Roughnecks, coached by Wade Phillips on nice. Saturday night. Nice. So I don't know Buckley wouldn't Buckley wouldn't tip his hand on who he's uh, also one of the guys he's competing with at quarterback is Paxton Lynch. Remember him Oh uh, yeah, former first round pick from uh, Memphis for the Broncos. Don't stop believing um, Paxton. All right. Yeah. So he's there. Those two guys are battling it out for the, uh, the starting quarterback job, but yeah, it, it's just hard to say. I obviously it would have been better. The program would have been in a better place in 20 and 21. There would have been some continuity. Uh, the coaching staff that he hired was better. Uh, I think he's better than Willie clearly. Um, so that in itself means that the program would have been better shape. But I don't know that it could take the leap it's about to that it could be taking this year if you don't have the dynamic quarterback that you have in Jordan Travis, and he was not going to have that probably in 18 or 19, unless Francois, you know became better than he ended up being. You know what I mean? And maybe that was because he was getting bad coaching in 18. And if he's getting coached by Norbell and Dillingham or Norvell and Tokars, maybe he looks like a completely different guy, and they win seven or eight games in, in 18.
1: Maybe we had Dan Lanning, actually. We might have had Dan Lanning and not even Adam Fuller if it would have been here in 18. Mm.
0: So, think about that. Well, in hindsight, they probably should have because they could not have missed the mark worse than they did.
1: (laughs) All right, three more. Let's hustle through it here. Let's do it. Uh, Tennis ump, wake up, guys. A bit off base. Might be pun intended. But wasn't either Link's wife or one of the assistant's wives a big softball assistant at Notre Dame? Curious if she is helping out with our softball team as maybe an off-field analyst. That sounds familiar, but I don't know whose spouse it is.
0: Yes, it is, but is it I Link's don't what? either. I thought it was the pitching coaches. Oh, Chuck Rostano, flick of the Rostano. Let me make, let me see. You keep talking. His second question was glad
1: to see Mike answer the question about expectations, as that is something that a lot of us have been thinking of, and I'm curious to hear what you guys think about that. Thanks as always, drink the Luna and yeah meat. Oh, that must be you, you guys uh Headlines, uh, register folk, the register folk. Yeah, I like that a lot, man. That was cool. To I mean, he said that he's not going to put any – there's no limits on what this team can be. Uh, but, I mean, he talked about just the fact that the star players on this team are working harder than he's ever seen before, which kind of goes counter to the whole we're going to always prepare the same. But I mean, he certainly could be like, listen, my expectation, now we're just going to get better every single day. That continues to be my expectation for this team and this program. And it's something that he said in the past, right? Uh, and he could have gone back and used that line, but he hasn't. Um I mean he's talked about not putting a cap on what they can be and they are confident they're working harder because they have proof of concept, I guess if you want to say. The fact that they've gone through all this, they've believed in it, they've bought into it, and they've seen how well they performed on the field. So yeah, that's a cool thing to see. It's maybe a subtlety. I mean, he's not gonna come out and say championship or bust, but I mean they certainly realize what's on the line, how good they can be and, and how manageable, I guess. Maybe Corey, the the path to that is.
0: Yeah, and I just looked it up. So yeah, she coached there for seventeen years. Um, oh wow! But she is Who not is she? there now.
1: Who is she? Restano's uh, wife.
0: Restano, yeah. Oh, no. Lizzie, sorry, Lizzie oh, Restano. Lizzie, yeah, sorry. Um, uh,
1: Lizzie's husband is the yeah. That's how we're going to call Chuck now. Lizzie's husband. So.
0: Yeah. So I, I don't. It's a really good question. I don't know. I mean, I don't think Lonnie is like needing help.
1: I don't think she. Turn it away. I mean, like you saying, off-field analyst. I mean, maybe. Why not? Oh right? yeah,
0: well, if she's got nothing to do, I guess. Um, but yeah, I would think that. Uh, yeah, I, it's a good question. We'll look into it. We'll look into. it We'll for look you, into it. We'll we'll look into it. We'll ask Lonnie. I mean, you think Lonnie would? I mean, they played. They played against each other for years now. So yeah, I would think she'd welcome her around the program. But I don't. Yeah, I don't know if she'll have a defined role because again, Lonnie's got things squared up pretty good over there on that that side of the complex the other question was what
1: what are your thoughts on uh mike talking about expectations kind of embracing it i guess
0: oh yeah i mean i think that's what you have to do i but i i also think and i mean i know we have to stuff to talk about for the next six months six and a half months but uh you know we'll see right jimbo said all the right things after 13 Mm. all the right things about embracing expectations and trying to have a you know to dominate and he was reading books by Phil Jackson on how to have a dynasty and all that and while that team went undefeated and really got screwed in the polls nobody nobody thinks that team lived up to its uh its potential because that team should have been been beating everyone by 21 to 25 28 points and it was in a dogfight every game um so I, I let's see what it looks like. I love that. He's talking about it. Yes. I think it's a, I think it's the next step in the evolution of a program It's to not just be surprised when you're good, but to expect it and be like, yeah, we know. And now when he wins a big game in 2023, he doesn't have to keep reminding them, Hey, we still got more to do. We haven't done anything yet. They should know. Yeah. We got more stuff to do. We haven't done anything yet. Yeah. Great. You beat LSU you know, awesome. There's still, we, we, the first game of the year isn't the goal. You want to be winning the last game of the year and in a better place than Orlando. No offense, Orlando. So I, I like that he's talking about it. I like that he's embracing it, but we'll see how much it matters when the when the season actually starts.
1: We're going to get Lizzie Restano on the show, Corey. I just pulled up her LinkedIn. Uh, and for 17 years and seven months, she's got Notre Dame listed as her employer, as an associate softball coach. Uh, but then in August 2022, she transitioned to a mother and coaching slash sports enthusiast, self employed. Mm. She's still presently doing that. But then she added in September 2022 that she's now the manager of leadership events and strategic relationships for the We Coach company. Uh, so she's been in that presently, uh, and, and since September 2022. So she didn't want any gap in her co- in her resume. It's right. awesome because it goes from August 2005 to July 2022 at Notre Dame. But then she starts a job she's at now in September. So if some employers like, well, what did you do for a whole month, young lady? She's being a mom, supporting her man, supporting yeah. her kids. So mm. I want to get her on the pod. I just want to talk about just that. I think we can probably launch doing a whole. I want her to
0: get to work with Brady. <laughs> Uh, yeah, see if we can get sure. him keep You know Quit from pulling out And actually staying Staying oh, on the ball
1: Wow okay Alright good job Sorry then. Yeah <laughs> I'm like well he could. Well, I wasn't being terms. I was talking yeah, about With baseball. his swing man Yeah right right I was
0: His swing He keeps stepping out Towards third base Like he's a 250 pound power He's been doing that For hitter.
1: five years
0: Corey Come I know, on I can't I don't out. But in the batting cage When he's working He looks perfect Everything is stepped right towards the middle. He finishes over the plate, and then when it gets into a game, he's trying to yank everything to the left side of the field.
1: By the way, we're going to do a live show tonight at 6 o'clock. Sorry I mentioned that one hour into this show. Mm. Uh, The Walking Knoll 01, wake up, guys, long time no see. Question, who on the roster can take the place of Jamie?
0: Shaheem, maybe. Mm. Probably not, but that's your best bet.
1: He said, I'm still hoping they take a transfer, but if Shaheen puts twenty five pounds on
0: <laughs> Well, that's not happening. That's but he'll he'll put on some weight. Um but look, man, Shaheen made some big plays last year, not just the blocked extra point, and he and he uh he played in a lot of big moments. So he's a he's a he's not a veteran, clearly, but he's not inexperienced. He's he's played in some big moments and some big games. That's that helps. And I do think he has some natural talent. I think he's a good player. Um I don't know that he's Jamie Robinson, though. So, and, and whether you whoever's in the portal, pretty good chance you're not getting a Jamie Robinson at this late stage. I think all the Jamie Robinsons in the portal hit it in December. So you can get some depth, and you absolutely need some depth. But I think one of the keys to the season, in my opinion, is the development of Shaheen Brown. But remember, his freshman year, he was the star of the. Preseason, like he was making one or two interceptions a game uh, in a practice, but he wasn't. You know, he just he he was a freshman. He didn't know the defense well enough. Uh, He was young. He had to learn. This year, he made some plays. Not he didn't. I don't think he had any interceptions, but he made some plays. And now you hope he can build off that. I know he has a ton of confidence. I'm telling you, he's the kid. When we were in Jacksonville, that when the the defense beat the offense on the goal line drills, um, and the offense had to do uh, burpees like 20 of them. Shaheem standing in the middle of him like, "Oh man, that looks hard." Yeah, that looks yeah. hard offense. Man, y'all should have won some more. Y'all wouldn't have to be doing all this. Oh man, it looks like the old lines about to throw up. Come on, guys. Y'all got like he challenges them, and he's a sophomore. He's 19, 20 years old. He hasn't even done much at the college level. He hasn't done much of anything, and he's still that guy. That that to me and I know it shouldn't. You know, it might be all bluster. But that, to me, tells you what kind of... It's the same thing with Verse. Like, Verse, he, he was talking as soon as he stepped on the football field. His first practice, he was telling them how good he was. And they sucked. Uh, and, and uh, you know, he clearly their teammates. It's just trash talk. But he had no problems trash talking. Neither does Shaheen Brown. I think when you're that... When you have that in you, that means good things more often than not.
1: Did Ira mention any potential position changes on headlines? no okay he mentioned one to me on the car ride but i don't know sometimes what's said in the car ride is not for yeah, public oh, yeah. What it
0: says in pensacola uh stays in pensacola yeah
1: so um maybe we'll make a video out of it i'll text him and be like hey was that worth we could probably do a video on it anyhow last one parker knowles it all i like it knowles mm. it all yeah first time poster wake up been listening to you guys for two years Thank you for making my drive to work and honeydew tasks less monotonous. Every time I smell laundry detergent, I hear Corey Clark say iron sharpens iron.
0: Mm. I'm
1: born in Frederick, Maryland. Famous people, not many. Francis Scott Key is the most well-known. Anyways, That's
0: a good one. That's a great one.
1: Anyways, the question is this. Super conferences. Wouldn't it be advantageous for ESPN and the ACC to make their own? and then have three of these things, make them 20 teams apiece. Grab Oregon, Notre Dame, Utah, Washington, Oregon State, UCF. Call yourself the All-Coast Conference, or All-Coasts Conference. Let the SEC gobble up Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, TCU, Baylor, give Stanford, Colorado, Cal, and West Virginia over to the Big Ten thoughts. Thanks for all you do. Support the sponsors. Go Knowles.
0: Who's coming to the ACC?
1: Oregon, Notre Dame, Utah, Washington, Oregon State, Central Florida. Yeah. Um, but this is yeah. where it's going to go,
0: though, right? Maybe I just I no I, I think where it goes is two big two. ones like the NFC but all those AFC. teams.
1: But all those teams pretty much, though, are going to be in. Well,
0: there. right. Yeah, sure. So instead of like so if you want to do the NFL model, which I think is where it's heading, um, you're going to have two conferences. And so you'll have, let's just call it the AFC and the NFC. But instead of having what, how many teams are in a football conference? Sixteen? Four? Thirty-two?
1: Four in a division, yeah. And there's four divisions in a conference, so six.
0: So yeah, there's thirty-two. You're going to have fifty or something, but it's going to be two conferences, I think. I think when this is all said and done, um, and honestly, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how much that matters if it's good for ESPN to have three major conferences. I just think they want eyeballs on their games on Saturdays. And however, however you can work it to where every Saturday has a Florida State, Clemson, a Texas, Oklahoma, an Alabama, Georgia, a Florida State, Georgia, or a Florida State, Michigan, that's what you want. You just want as many eyeballs as possible because I I really think college football is the second most popular sport in this country and it's growing and it's not going to ever catch the NFL, but it could come darn close. It, you know, it, when they get to whatever this final model ends up being with a 12-team playoff and 50 teams playing for it, um, I don't know that they care if it's split up three ways. I, I don't know that that makes them any more money. I think eventually they just want—it's it's going to be like CBS and Fox are now with the NFL, mm. where they split one team has— the NFC one team has the AFC, but they they go back and forth. You know what I mean? One like, entity,
1: like yeah, Fox yes. pretty much has the NFC. CBS has like AFC kind but, of, but you know
0: the the CBS will also get a Packers game, right? Like it goes back and forth depending on the whole team is. So ESPN and Fox will probably have a, a situation like that where one team has the the Big Ten side, ESPN has the SEC side, And however you want to frame however you want to frame those teams, and that's how it ended up. That's how it will end up looking. Um, and so, you know, if Florida State's playing at Michigan, well, that's a Fox game. If Michigan's playing at Florida State, that's an ESPN game. And that's, that's how it will work. I hope that happens sooner rather than later. What they're doing now is preposterous. Um, trying to, It's just not an even playing field. Again, I made this point, and I'll continue to make this point. The Baltimore Ravens and the Seattle Seahawks get the exact same amount of money they're playing for the exact same trophy and they have all the same resources because that's fair that's how life works but the georgia bulldogs and the florida state seminoles do not they're supposed to be competing for the same trophy but one especially in three or four more years will have vastly superior resources and more money to spend on this that and that and it just doesn't seem like espn's controlling all the money how are you saying this is an even? Don't you want it to be as even as possible? The beauty of the NFL, the reason the NFL took off, other than gambling and fantasy football, to the point it is now, is because of the parity. and literally every fan base in the country, save Browns fans, think they can win a Super Bowl in a year or two. That's what the NFL is set up for. The Rams just won a Super Bowl and then they were the worst team in the league. It's there's some beauty in that chaos. Um, and I think that's what college football it will will eventually get to. And ESPN and the powers that be will realize, oh yeah, these these teams don't like watching the same these fans don't like watching the same five teams over and over and over again. They would like to see all these other teams involved and all these other fan bases would love to feel like they have a real chance. And they would if the money was even. Well, you know, Vanderbilt wouldn't. Wake wouldn't. Sorry, Wake. I know you beat Florida State every year, but you're never winning a national championship. Um, but, thing you know, is, though, does the that NFL is so
1: yeah, for for sure. The only thing I would say, though, I think college football is almost closer to baseball in terms of it being so regionalized and so hyper local, because yeah, I like the idea of Stanford battling Michigan for like the national championship one year. But how many people are that hardcore about college football that they'll tune in for that? Like everybody cares about the NFL because of fantasy football and because of gambling. Maybe gambling is also going to be part of the college football sort of allure, but. Yeah, man, like, Georgia, there's a whole bunch of Georgia fans, man. There's a whole bunch of Ohio State fans. Everybody wants to see Alabama lose. A lot of people want to see Alabama win. Um, I I do wonder, like, if they can have that same kind of united force uh, that the NFL has been able to rely on because they've made their product so, you know,
0: balanced. I think the the real question, though, is, I mean, the national championship game will always be watched. I mean, who cares? Texas Tech played Virginia in a college basketball national championship. People watched it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't. It wouldn't have gotten the same numbers as you know Michigan versus Ohio State, but um, people still watched it. I think people would still watch a national championship game like that. Um, I think the real key though is those playoff games and how much extra viewers you're getting there. Yeah, like Stanford playing Alabama and knocking off Alabama, right. like TCU knocking off Michigan. Although you played it on flipping New Year's Eve, whatever college football you're awesome, but. Uh, those games will, they just, they will increase. I mean, exponentially. You're getting, those playoff games will get huge ratings. And I just think that, yeah, the you know, it's never going to catch the NFL. What'd they say? It was like 60 million watched the Super Bowl? Something crazy like that. It was like a mash, like the mash finale. Um, that's never going to happen with college football because, yeah, a good portion of the country does not care. But the people that are at those, like Alabama, the state of Alabama is going to watch Stanford play Michigan. The state of Georgia, a lot of the state of Florida will still watch that game, yeah. even if they're not into it. Now New York's New York and New York City, no. LA probably not. Yeah, but they never but really they, have, though, I guess is probably. But the they really don't point, they yeah. wouldn't unless USC was yeah. in it or somehow Syracuse was in it. So yeah, it's it's never going to be that because you don't get the New York and LA markets traditionally, especially New York. They just do not care about college football. So you'll never have the Super Bowl, the ratings of the NFL. But you can get pretty darn close. You can certainly eclipse the NBA. Um, And I think you will. You might have already. I should do a story on that. Um, What like the NBA finals numbers are compared to what college football playoff numbers would be. Uh, Because it's those numbers are massive. And you also make every game in November so much more important. That's what I can't wait about the 12 team playoff. There will be three or four instead of one game that has playoff implications. There will literally be four or five games that last rivalry weekend, maybe 10 games that have legitimate playoff implications. That's cool, man. I'm, I'm excited about that. Hopefully, Florida State, Florida is one of them.
1: Hopefully, we'll see you folks later tonight, 6 o'clock live on YouTube. Uh, in the meantime, though, check out Warchant.com and the Jeff Cameron Show, 1 to 3 o'clock, live on Warchant TV, which is our YouTube channel, as well as 93.3 FM, Terrestrial Radio in Tallahassee. For Corey, I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up Warchant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.